Welcome to the One Corner at a Time podcast. I'm the host, Zachary Lathan Williams. Now, Latoya Pierce is a good friend of mine. She's intriguing and uh, definitely a dynamic person. What I wanted to talk to her about is the growth I've seen her achieve and how her perspectives have changed. Uh, this conversation was insightful. It was fulfilling and uh, something I'm definitely excited to share. So with nothing else being said, I present to you, Latoya Pierce. Latoya Pierce. Yes. Welcome to the One Corner at a Time podcast. I am happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to have you here. I'm excited to have this well, conversation. Well, Sam, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, you know, we uh, we met, we've, we've uh, been... Um, we've known each other for a couple years. Yes. Um, have our own rapport. Now we met through our mutual friend, Akila. Hi, Akila. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to her because the name of the podcast, you know, one corner at a time, we got it from her. So <laughs> um, I'm on the way over here. Mm-hmm. And I think about conversations that we've had uh, in recent time. Mm-hmm. And what's, what sticks out to me is... You'll tell me a situation. Yes. And what it what it is rooted in initially is your desire to control. Yes. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And then we dig a bit deeper and we begin to talk about how we were raised. Yes. Right? So I want to begin there. Okay. At the beginning. Childhood. Now, you are one of 12. Yes, I am. So I have, including me, it's eight girls, mm. um, and then it's four boys. So my mom had 10 kids, and then my dad had two more. Right, right. So we come from, I come from a big family. Yes. Now, how <laughs> many were in the household with you? So it was, I want to say five of us in the household, and then other ones live with my aunts, my uncles, um, and then two of them got adopted outside of our family. Mm-hmm. And we didn't meet them. I didn't meet them until I was maybe, and I was in high school, for sure. All right, All right. for sure. So right now, you know, I, I have three kids, right? Mm-hmm. Junior, Kaleen, and Camille. <laughs> um, so today, actually, uh, Junior was sent home from school. Okay. And been having behavior issues. And... Uh, you know, my kids are going through changes, you know, mm-hmm. their parents not together. Um, so my mom is a teacher. Mm-hmm. And when she uh, told me about what, what happened, we was talking about Junior today. And she was saying to have patience with him because he's going through a lot, things like that. But interestingly enough, Wednesday, my mom took them to Lion King. Mm-hmm. And that morning, you know, my dad, my mommy, we said, we like, you're going to have to earn it. If you cut up at all, um, you're not going. Okay. Now, the teacher sent me a report every day. And this day, he was excellent. Okay. Right? That was Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Thursday, he was awful. Okay. <laughs> Today, he was awful. Okay. So, while I understand that um, he's going through changes, mm-hmm. right? And he's, and he's five. He also makes choices. You yes. know what I'm saying? When it, he was incentivized. Yes. Right? He said, okay, I'm not going to cut up. Now, I say all of that to say, you know, we 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 can't control our upbringing. That's right? true. We can't control the household and what goes on. 
Um, but the point I'm making is that since even at, at five, I can see my son making choices. Like he's cognizant enough to, to understand to a certain, a certain extent. Put yourself back 20, 20 something years ago. Okay. And you growing up in that household. Okay. And the control freak that you are right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you was that at, at five. In what ways did you display that? That's a great question. I would say that I didn't have it as a kid. Really? No, because there was nothing that I can control. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, I can't control my drunk uncle from coming in here yeah. and acting crazy. Yeah. I can't control my mom from stealing. I just couldn't control. Mm -hmm. So I would say that I was more so reserved. Right. In a sense. So I believe I will only control my mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't say anything. Yeah. And plus growing up in a all-black household when your grandmother is from Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Kids can't talk. Yeah. You know, the, the opinion of a child is not wanted. How do you feel about that right now? As an adult, I think it's bullshit mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, because kids have feelings. Yeah. Kids need to express themselves. So growing up, I was not allowed to express myself. Mm -hmm. Only time I was allowed is if I'm crying. Right. But right. if I'm happy or anything else or I'm sad, no, mm -hmm. black women can't do that. Now, when I, it's, it's um, I'm thinking about it. When we first okay. met, you say you were reserved. I could kind of see I could see that when we first met. And I've seen you grow to the point where you you express emotional things, yes. right? Like openly. Yes. Right? Now that had to be a bit of a, a, a leap for you to have the a paradigm shift had to cause you to be able to express yourself growing up in a household where you weren't allowed to, right? Yes, it definitely did. Um, so in October of 2019, mm -hmm. I started going to therapy. Right. And so we touched on a lot of things, and it was also, um, I hate being described as this, but apparently I am, and I'm okay with it now, mm -hmm. as a private person. And I was just like, I'm not a private person. I just need, I have to feel your vibe. I have to, to know that I'm safe talking around you. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes you're not. Yeah. And that allows me to know and to understand that I'm able to choose what I need to say. Absolutely. So I can still be open enough for you to get a feel of me, but I don't have to tell you everything. Mm -hmm. So um, that's just essentially what it is. Absolutely. Now, you describe yourself as um, a self-care advocate. Yes. Tell yes. me more about that. What does self-care mean to you? So self-care, it's more than just going to get your hair done, your nails done. It's self-care. It's self-awareness. It's having boundaries because that's a part of self-care. Um, it's having it's having the no without giving a reason. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I can you can like, hey sis, like you wanna go do this, X, Y, and Z? No. Mm. Well, why not? My answer is no. Mm. That's part of my self-care. It's protecting my inner peace, Absolutely. because that's essentially what self-care is. You're protecting self first. And so my no is my no, 
and my yes is my yes. Mm. So I am very big on working out. That's a part of self-care. I'm very, very big on reading. Um, I love reading. I love the fact that whatever book I choose to read, I'm allowed to I'm allowed to escape whatever mm. I'm going through and be in that moment. Absolutely. Um, I'm very big on um I think I mentioned fitness. Yeah. Um, of course, ladies, I love Brazilian waxes. I love getting <laughs> my nails done, my hair done, my, you know, eyebrow. I love switching it up. So that's a part of self-care, but also having boundaries. Mm. I'm very big on boundaries. Absolutely. Let me Okay. Let me get your opinion on something. And I don't mean to interrupt. No, that's but, okay. Go ahead. Um I I I I, I kind of believe that. Our generation, maybe. I think we've kind of, and I'm not saying you were doing this, we might have misconstrued self care in a sense. And what I mean is this, I'll elaborate. Okay. Um, in my experience talking to, you know, different people, and what I've seen is that we, we, we use self care mm-hmm. um, kind of as the shield for our underlying cynicism. And I think you and I have had conversations about yeah. this before. Yeah. Because we'll have a conversation and, you know, I'm analytical and I'm into psychology and sociology. Yes, I know. And <laughs> w- w- sometimes when you'll talk about something, I hear the fear. Okay. And I can hear the fear because I feel it myself. Okay. And I think sometimes we choose to, as you said, my no is my no, and that's fine. But if it's a no out of cynicism, if it, right. it's a no out of fear, do you think that is a pitfall to self-care? I would agree to you. However, um, understanding that fear literally only exists in your mind. It doesn't exist to anyone else. Like, your fear is not my fear. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so how we can terminate fear is by simply not having it. Like, we wouldn't know about drowning if nobody ever drowned. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, we'll be just, go, we'll go out there to swim. Right. And it's like, okay, I can really do this. Instead, it's like we box ourselves in, well, I can't do this, and what, and it's the what if. Mm-hmm. It's the, oh my God, something dangerous is going to happen. And that's okay to, to think, okay, well, something dangerous is going to happen, but you can't allow that to stop you during certain things. Like mm-hmm. if drowning is, if you want to learn how to swim, learn. Yeah. For example, um, I didn't know how to skate. So <laughs> I'm like this black girl like who don't, who didn't know how to skate. Right, right. And so I literally started going skating in January. <clears throat> and I was just like, I was so anxious and I was so nervous and I was shaking and I was just like, what if I fall? Oh my God, I'm going to fall. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And when I went out there, I was like, like a little, you know, like a little uh, deer or something. Just like, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then something clicked in my brain. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, why am I afraid to fall? Mm. Like I'm looking at little kids fall and get back up. Yeah. But I'm this 28-year-old ass adult <laughs> and I'm a for literally afraid to fall. Absolutely. Knowing that even if I fall, I'll still get up. Absolutely. 
It may take me longer to get up. I may have to crawl to like a, a uh, to hold on to something, but I'll get up. I won't ever stay on the ground mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna just do it. I'm not gonna be on the wall anymore, or skate. I'm gonna just go. And guess yeah. what I did? I went. Well, for sure, for sure. And I've been going since January, and next week is March, and I have not failed. Yeah, man, that's amazing. I haven't. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah so it's just sure. like I boxed myself in because of I've seen other people fall. Mm. You get what I mean? And it's just like we two different people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so I think that's that's another thing with fear. Like you cannot let that stop you because fear does fear only exists in your head. Mm-hmm. That's it. It exists nowhere else. Mm-hmm. Nowhere. Yeah. I, no, I like what you're saying. I would even further it and say, I think that it's times where we, you know, fear is a physiological thing. Yeah. And it's times where we, we, you know, we contrive that fear. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? We contrive it. And, it. and it could be rooted in, okay, we might have saw, like you said, saw somebody fall, whatever yes. like that. But that person that fell, like they also got a lesson, right? They Absolutely. also learned something in that, you know, so now... To take the example of skating, now they they doing something different, right? What it makes me think about is um one of my one of my close my close buddies, um we we was working on a project, and um you know we're 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 beginners we're beginners yeah. but we're passionate about it, mm-hmm. and he he I call him to ask him about an update. I'm waiting for him to finish something, and um he's like uh, man bro I I don't know. I don't know if it's ready, you know. And, he, and what he said, he was like, Zach, I know you want to be the best of the best. Right. And, you know, if we do this right now, like, this this ain't this ain't the best. And what I said to him was, bro, yeah, I want to be the best of the best, but I know I got to start somewhere. That's true. Right? Like, you know, the example I gave was like, you know, LeBron rookie year, he didn't say, I'm going to wait till I get 15 years of experience and then play. That's how you can get the experience if you don't play. You know That's what true. I'm saying? And with with this situation, and I want to ask you too, I think some of that fear can be rooted in pride. Like you say, you're scared to fall. Yes. Would you be scared to fall if it wasn't nobody looking? You know what I mean? Nah, we wouldn't be that scared because we're going to get right back up. Nobody sees us. But if it's eyes on us, we're scared of looking, looking foolish. And the problem in that is it prevents growth. Right? That's true. So I'm proud of you as your friend because thank you. It seems that you have got <laughs> that fear out of your way, man. I mean, you have to. I was um, look. I was watching the interview. Um, it was with Kobe Bryant, and it was the day of his like public memorial. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe her last name was like Hill. I can't think of Tamara Hill. Okay. Maybe that's her name. And so she Jamel? asked... Jamel Hill. Okay, yeah. Sorry about that, girl. Jamel Hill. Jamel Hill. Okay. <laughs> um, so she asked him a question, like, are you the player who wants to be the best or something about, like, the best or something about winning and then losing? Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm neither. Mm-hmm. He was like, because if you focus so much on winning, it, what happens if you lose? Mm-hmm. And if you focus on losing, that's all you're going to think about. And he was like, but if you, if you in the middle, like 50, 50, like, then it's not an obsession. Yeah. And I was like, 
okay, that makes sense. And she asked him about fear. And so he said he's only afraid of bees because he's allergic to them. (laughs) And so he basically kind of the same thing where it was fear only exists in your mind. Mm. That's it. It exists nowhere else. It exists in your mind. And you have the ability to not be fearful or afraid. Mm. The moment that it clicks, like, oh, I could swim. Yeah. Like, I could... I could ride a bike, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, sure. I can do this. For sure. And it's okay to fall. Like, even if you fall, you're going to get back up. Mm. It just It's just about how long it'll take you to get back up. Right. And then what is the, what is the after effect of getting up? Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep falling? Then if you want to keep falling, cool, great, keep falling. <laughs> but at some point, it has to be a plan set in place. So now, oh, if I fall, I ain't going to fall over that again. Because mm. I already know mm. kind of thing. Right. So A plan set in place that is yes. fitting for what you do, <laughs> right? Because you uh, yes. create memorable moments. Yes. And brands. Yes. Tell me about that. So it's my business. It's Confidently Consulting and Planning. Mm. Um, and if you have an idea where you want to where you think that it's um, out, just if you think that it's not profitable, if you think that it is outrageous or just like, I don't really know if I could do this. Mm. I'm able to help you turn your crazy, outrageous idea into a brand so you can create money off of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And also I even coordinate. So I'm, create memorable moments for any client who needs a day of coordinator or who needs um, event planning from start to finish. Right, right, for sure. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. I, I can look back to to my childhood and think of specific examples that one could, like, predict my trajectory, like what I'm doing right now. Yes. If you went back 20 years and saw what I was interested in, you know, you say, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, what is something <laughs> in your past, right? That, yeah. That connects with what you're doing now. I would definitely say um, event coordinating. Mm-hmm. So my grandma would always um, host any holiday at her house. So it never mattered if it was hell. Um <laughs> New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, Thanksgiving, Christmas, just it could be a birthday dinner. And I will always see her cook. Mm-hmm. But even before the cooking process, she had to make a list of what exactly she needed from the grocery store, if she had the things. Um, so she was coordinating. She was coordinating her process of cooking this food. Right. So it's like, huh. And I will always be there to help her. So we go to the grocery, like I was her grocery store buddy. Um, I was the person to clean up, uh, you know, afterwards when everyone left. So I would say for me, um, that was the, that was the, I guess I want to say like aha moment. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Where it's like, oh, this is where I got that from. Yeah. Because my grandma would literally create memorable moments for our family. Like everybody knew 
um, <laughs> were to come to eat on Christmas. Like, For it sure. don't matter if you went to your girlfriend's <clears throat> cousin's house, you stopping at my grandma's house to come <laughs> get a plate. And you're going to laugh. You're going to have a good time. And there was, and the crazy thing is, there was never any altercation on these holidays mm -hmm. because everybody knew this is my grandma's shit. You can't come in here. <laughs> we have guests. We need to, we need to make sure there's no food that's running out. So I would say that is now, since you asked me that question, it's like, aha, that's where I got it from. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, this grandma, was this mom's mom? Or yes, this is my mother's mom. mom. Okay, absolutely. So... What about what about your dad's side? Like who who are you kind of closer to? I would say that I'm close with my dad on my dad's side. Oh, okay. My grandma, um, she passed away as well. Her name is Annie Pierce. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't have an issue with her. She was very loving. Um, we would call her like the church grandma. It's, her church was very, very long, like 6 a.m. to 5 p.m. Yeah. Nobody wants to go to church. Church that long. You know, when you were a kid, when you were a kid, like you don't wanna You don't wanna go to church that long right now. No, I'm not even right now. Absolutely. absolutely. You know, I've come late leave early <clears throat> on the Sunday. I seen you do. <laughs> I seen Tuesday you do. too. <laughs> but um I would say that um if I had to choose who I was closer to on my dad's, I would definitely say my uncle Pierre. Mm. Um he was just always so cool. Like he was in the Cadillacs and he was like cool. Like he had like the Jordans on and yeah. he was just like this young, like cool uncle who like, who hit your hand with a couple dollars. Yeah. So who don't like the uncle who hit your hand with a couple dollars? You For know? Sure. For sure. So, and then also when I was playing basketball, like a long time ago, he was the only person who came to my basketball game. I didn't even know you played basketball. Yeah, You're it was right. for, it was very brief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very brief. <laughs> for sure. You know, I, I think about, um, you know, when I was younger and I looked at my dad and my granddad and these, you know, as as superheroes, mm -hmm. and and I still do. But you know, earlier before we we started recording, when I'm on the phone with Akila, and she was talking about something she saw, and what stuck out, she said that uh, he reminded her of me when I was married. When mm -hmm. it was like all of this ambition, like all of this faith, and and you know, if you hear me talk about it, you believe it. But it's the thing is like when. When you lose, yeah, it, it what it what it does is it, it makes it it makes you more practical in a sense, you okay. know. So what I'm saying is when I when I was younger, and I write about it in my book, I had this Jordan esque view. Yes, yes, you, you know? <laughs> yeah, okay. And you know, you go through some pain. It's like, hey, you know, life ain't that sweet. You know what I mean? Um, so with that being said, I, I see. My father, um, still as a superhero, right? But um, I see him with with much more nuance. Okay. Um, now, you you spoke about your dad and something yes. that stuck out to me. Um, you said you cure my disappointments and you heal my pain. You said this in a post about your father. I believe it was his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. You cure my disappointments mm -hmm. and you heal my pain. There, and, and it was a, a, a pretty long caption, but okay. that stuck out to me. What Can you elaborate on that? What does that mean? So that was a long time ago, right? And um, 
How my dad is, um, first off, my dad was a pimp, like bona fide. I got trophies and pictures and, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. So he was always a cool dad. So he was um, kind of in a sense of how my uncle was. Like they were just cool. You know, he was a nigga having money. <laughs> you know what I mean? So my dad has, is, has always been a hustler. Yeah. So, um, with that caption, me and my dad were very close. And again, we still are, but now that I'm a grown ass woman, mm. I'm a, it, it's different. You get what mm. I mean? Like, I think during that post, I was kind of naive to mm. who my dad was. How old were you then? That was only a couple years ago, right? Yeah. So, mm. I want to say that that's not true anymore for me. Mm. Um, just because I understand that he can't heal me. Mm. You get what I mean? So it's like... Mm. So, and you're 27 right now. I'm 28. 28. Yes. So that we 25 maybe when you... Maybe. Okay. Now, what, what led to this realization? Well, you know, that, that change of, of perspective with him. Um, I would say being a grown ass woman, Mm. like understanding, understanding that people are people and that people mess up and that it is my responsibility to not, to not blame them or to, to make fun or, or to, to point my finger at them. Mm. Um, because Let's just say that my dad could do something 10 times amazing, but that one time you fuck up, mm. now I'm mad at you because of that one time you fucked up. Mm. So for me, it's just like, huh, you fuck, everybody fuck up. Mm. Literally, all the time. And so what I mean that I was naive during that post is that I didn't really know my dad, how I know him now. So... He really, like, I want to say maybe 2018, he had a um, a near-death experience. And so that let me know that he, that he, he's still a man, that he still has fears. Because I'm thinking my dad is like, he not afraid of nothing. When I see his ass, like, scared on his bed yeah. and just like, oh, he was like, whatever you do, don't let them, don't let them do nothing to me. Mm-hmm. And like... Now I'm his power of attorney of health. And and I was just like, yo, mm. like you, you're not invincible. Invincible. Like you're not, like you can be touched. You you can, you hurt, you bleed. Yeah. So it's like, you're my dad. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I now, um, and especially since we have boundaries now, because, oh God. Um, <laughs> like I, I see him not only as my dad but as a man right you know a man who struggles a man who tries and a man who hustles and also a man who would do anything for his children yeah it would be times where my dad didn't have any money but if I'm stuck somewhere if I need something let me tell you something he is coming to come save the day mm-hmm. so I would say that my dad is my superman mm-hmm. Because he literally, no matter what, he always saves the day. Yeah, yeah. 
if that makes sense. <laughs> no, I, I do get you. And I think that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that, you know, when we're, when we're younger and it doesn't it have to be as an adolescent, like even, you know, going into our 20s. Yeah. I think we might see the world as like binary where it's yes. like either you good or you bad. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and <laughs> something is going to show you that, um, it's going to show you life's minutia, you know what yeah. I mean? It's going to definitely show you that. And it extends past parenthood, you know? So even in some friendships, um, you know, I, I was I was talking to one of my guys <laughs> mm-hmm. and I told him, I'm like, <laughs> I said, bro, like, you always been 100 with me. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You 1,000. And, but the thing is, is that sometimes it's hard to be that all the way around. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? It, yeah. It's certain areas where it's like, you trying to be a hundred. You yeah, know what I mean? But, yeah. you know, you might experience a bit of like cognitive dissonance. You know what I mean? Um, and I've experienced myself, but it, it's just seeing that that nuance in people. So I want to talk about some of your friendships. Right? <laughs> okay. You know what I, I told mean? told you nothing is off limits. We have, you know, our mutual friend, Akila. That's yes. my sister. You know what I'm yes. saying? You see her as a sister. And, yes. and you know, I know that um, your yeah, friendship, as as any friendship, yes, have experienced some up and downs. But, and I don't want to give you your answer, but <laughs> in the same sense, in the same way that you begin to see that that nuance with 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 your father as a man, it shapes your relationship with him, right? Yes. In the same sense as a friend. Yes. When you begin to see that nuance, when you begin to see it's not just binary, it's not right. you there for me or you're not, you good or you bad. Right. It's, it's more to it. How is <laughs> how's that dynamic played in your friendships? So I will say that when Akilah <clears throat> and I um, were not friends, I did not like her, okay? I was like, you know, trying to just, well, she can do her thing. Like, no, like, you supposed to be my friend, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it wasn't, un- and I, and I will say this, I literally had no intentions of us ever talking, of us ever being in the same room with each other. Like, if I was to see her out, hey, girl, that's it, mm. you know? So it's just, it's when you start to know that you need healing. Mm-hmm. and that the inner work needs to be done, um, everything changes because you don't see, you don't see just, you don't see it one way anymore. So when I started going to therapy and when I was diagnosed with unspecified depression and we would talk about the signs and the symptoms and, and it literally made me think of her. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Ugh. not the fact that depression, but it was just like, I get it now. Like, I get it. Like, oh, my God, I get why you had to be distant. I get why, you know, things played out this way. And I think that if we were still friends, I would have never gotten it. Mm. I think it and I would have started to resent her mm. because it's like, um, you're forgetting about me. But when a person has so much going on and they don't know how to express it in a healthy and an effective way, they tend to shut down. They tend to shy away. Mm. And so I was doing the same thing. Right. And I didn't have an understanding of it. And so um, also going through therapy, going through intuitive therapy is what I say. It allows me to, it allowed me to see people just different. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Like they're no one's perfect. Everybody has their shit. Everybody goes through something. Um, and I was told again, okay, this is just me being, I guess, bashful. Um, like I cut people off too fast, right? And I didn't like that because I'm just like, well, they need to listen to what I'm saying or they need to do what I need them to do. Like, what is wrong? Like, I haven't had nobody in my life yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't work that way. Mm. It does not. I can't control when someone needs to answer the phone. I can't control when someone is busy or if or they're not. I can't, like, if I'm calling you five times, for one, I shouldn't be calling nobody five times back to back. That's insane, okay? <laughs> Unless you owe me some real life money. <laughs> I'm, and even then, I'm not calling you five times. Right. Okay? Because we don't get the lawyers involved. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay? Especially if it's a contract. Side note, <laughs> business tip. Don't do business without a contract, okay? Without. We're not doing for word of mouth. We're not doing because that's my girl, that's my nick. No. Get it in writing, okay? Okay. I just had to throw it out there. Ooh. So, um, being able to see people or get an understanding of just people, like how they function, and everyone is not functioning the same, especially mentally. Everyone has something going on. It doesn't matter what it is. Everyone has something going on. And so... Instead of me being so, I'm going to cut you off, I'm going to cut you off because you're not doing what I want you to do, mm-hmm. that's unrealistic as fuck. Mm-hmm. Zach, you have kids. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, you have you have a business. You have a brand. You have, you're in a relationship. Right. You know, like, you're you're still a son. You you have, you're a friend. You're a bro- you have all of these roles, and it's unfair. Well, Zach, I ain't talked to you in six months or blah, blah, whatever, so we ain't cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You have so much going on. <sighs> and when it's time for us to link, we'll link. One thing I would say, Miss Diddy LA, I love her, by the way. You guys should follow her. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to take emotions out of it. When you're emotional, too emotionally involved and invested in someone else's life, that blocks your business. Mm-hmm. Because that's what well, this person didn't do this. this okay. We'll find somebody else to do it. And you don't got to take anything personal. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was taking a lot of things personal because I had things within me that wasn't right. So I would take it personal with my friendships. So with the key, I took it personal. Right. And it wasn't personal because she had stuff going on. And mentally, I had a lot going on. Mm-hmm. So it just allowed me to, it allowed me to be more empathetic yeah yeah and it allowed me to have a softer side (laughs) um because everybody goes through something no you you explained that everything you just said you explained (laughs) it perfectly perfectly it it was it was beautiful thank you it had it it had panache you know what i mean you (laughs) you know but um one thing I want to say, and I'm not sure the lady that you referenced, but when we say take emotion out of it, um, I remember I had a podcast with Glenn, and he said the same thing. And, and this is my thing, I, and I don't, I'm not, I don't mean to split hairs to be. Nitpicky. But you do, but okay. But, but, you, but, do, you, know, you but, do, you do, you know, gonna split a few. It's but it's right. important. It's a, it's an important okay. distinction, though. It's an important. Okay. <laughs> All right. See, 
I don't think <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with with emotion when used properly. Right. So I'm not saying let's take it out of the entire situation. I, I'll give you a personal example. You know how I am. So with with uh, my girlfriend and I. And this hey, is girl. A, <laughs> my baby. That's my baby. <laughs> so it's it's a new relationship. We're, yes. we're learning each other. So I remember uh, we was like maybe two months in and we had a disagreement about something. And, and, and said, seriously, so I began to broach the subject. Okay. And I was very careful because I I, I figured it was something that was going to come up. Mm-hmm. And so so I broached the subject and we on the couch. We on the couch and we, you know, we facing each other. And literally this is what happened. So I say my, I say my piece. She has her retort. But I, I just, something. sorry, I just feel like I want to know. Like, what was it? Because you said... We'll talk later. Okay, cool. <laughs> but but watch this, though. Watch this. So I said something else. And, I, you know, I, I talk carefully. I talk carefully. And loud. Right? L- listen, man. I'm finna loud talk you. No. <laughs> so watch this. So, so okay. she literally, we facing each other. Okay. And she literally just, like, turns this way. She turns away from me, and mm-hmm. then it's not addressed to me. Like she's not saying she's not engaged in the conversation with me no more. It's more see y'all woo woo, and th- you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So I said, "Baby, look at me. You know what I'm saying? Look at me, right? Like, be right. back with me. You know." So it, it's funny because when we have conversations that can be a bit contentious, in the middle I'd be like, "Hey, hug me. You know what I'm saying? In the middle, yeah. kiss me. You dig what I'm saying?" So because if if we let emotion run rampant. Right, and then just go left. Now the conversation isn't between you and I no more because you bringing up old stuff. You know what I'm saying? You bringing up a different situation that has nothing to do with me. Now you're reacting to it with a velocity that should have been three years ago, right? Two years ago, two months ago, and it's all on on me, right? But the question I ask is that even with that, and I from for one, I'm not an expert on therapy. Mm-hmm. but I understand healing. Mm-hmm. And what I learned through therapy is that when a, allow that person to have their moment. Now, it doesn't have to be directed towards, towards you. You know what I mean? But it's also, it's also healing work mm-hmm. because it's not effectively, you're not effectively expressing yourself. So even if you mad, be mad. That's literally what I've learned through therapy and not try to fix nothing. Mm-hmm. Be in that moment, but get over that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you if I'm mad about some shit, I'm about to be mad about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna sit in it for days or weeks. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to have this moment, I'm gonna boss up, and we good <laughs> we good. You yeah. get what I mean? Like, yeah. so and I'm not saying for your situation, let her, you know, let somebody take their oh, shit out on you, but that's definitely healing work that a person definitely has to do because, mm-hmm. you know, y'all knew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you're not the old people and she's not the old people. Right. You know what I mean? So, but I'm just saying, just allow a person to to have their moment. And and I and I get that for sure. My thing is, I, I'm, I began reading, it's a book called The Prince by okay. uh, Machiavelli. And, um, what he says is, uh, to the point, 
is that he's concerned with the effectual truth. Okay. And that just, man, I, I could stop reading the, the book at that point, the effectual truth. So many times, you know, some people say, oh, this is my truth, this is my truth, right? I'm not concerned with that. I'm concerned with the effectual right. truth. Like what's going to actually have you. Right. Right. So the thing is, if if I'm if I'm dealing in a situation with you, but I bring in stuff unrelated, right. how can I effectively, how can we effectively get to the truth? Right. Or the matter. Right. And that's why I'm saying healing. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like healing work has to be done separately. Mm, because yeah. I shouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, so I shouldn't, if if I'm in a relationship <clears throat> with this new guy, it's a new experience, it's a new feeling. Because let me tell you something, when you talk to somebody, it ain't the same motherfucking feeling when it's real. You get what I mean? <laughs> like, when it's real, it's not the same feeling. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I can't fault him for or bring up something that he ain't had nothing to do with. And I shouldn't even be bringing that up because it's a new, I'm new. Yeah. I don't got nothing listening. Only time I'm looking in the back or in in the rear view, nigga, the rear view. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> Other than that, we like, no. Yeah, yeah. So no, so healing work has to be separate for sure. Mm-hmm. Because it's unfair to that person. And also unfair to yourself to 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 fought them. For sure. For you sure. get what I mean? For so sure. that that's what I mean in, and, yeah, in yeah. that sense. You know, in, in the seven habits of highly effective people, it says uh, seek first to understand rather yeah. than be understood. Yes. You know, and man, that, that speaks for itself. Exactly. And it is applicable <laughs> in so many situations. But it's beautiful because, man, man, I've been trying not to call you Toe. I'm going to call you Toe. <laughs> Her nickname okay. is Toe. Hey, I'm about to say it. Listen, so. I, I just recall conversations with you in the past where you you haven't expressed this comprehension of of new, the nuance yeah. of people. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it was so One-sided. black and white. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> right? like they ain't answer the phone, so fuck them. You know exactly. what I'm saying? And I did tell you, you are quick yes. to cut people off, and I said I believe is rooted in fear. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And of you course, I denied it. Yeah. Of course. But like I said, when you start doing the inner work, mm-hmm. literally, like, when you're able to go back to your 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 childhood trauma and when you're able to address it mm-hmm. and where you're able to face it, not stay there because I'm a grown-ass woman. You get what I mean? So it's like I had to go back to the kid and address the issues there. Before I could progress to who I am now. And I'm still progressing. So it's like, with that being said, like everything in my, when I, the way I grew up, it was black and white. Kids can't talk. You don't got no opinion. Whatever I say goes. So now it's like, I have a voice. And my voice is colorful. Sometimes it's loud, sometimes it's low. You get what I mean? So it's like, some, the same way with my vocabulary. So it's like, I get it now. Yeah. So it's like, it's it's a difference when you're a grown woman, but you acting like a little ass girl. <laughs> because that's a lot, that's how a lot of women are. Because we don't want to deal with our past shit. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you can't skip levels in none of this. Mm-hmm. You can't skip levels, you know, growing up. You can't skip levels in business. None of that. For sure. So it's like, how can I say that I'm a woman 
But I ain't even been a little girl yet. Mm. You get what I'm yeah. saying? And I think that applies for men too. Because mm-hmm. like, you have to address, you gotta, you gotta go back. Yeah. And address it. Cause if not, you're going to be this grown ass person, but acting like a little ass kid. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna get mad when people are like, well, you acting like a little no, I'm a grown ass. <laughs> but you're not. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a change for me. Like going back. And I didn't even have to start over. Because a lot of people think when you go back, you got to start over. No. I went back. I saw. I conquered. <laughs> and now I'm on my next level as a grown-ass woman. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So Salute. Salute. That's essentially what it is. Because yeah. when you're grown, when you're a grown-ass woman, I can't speak for men because I'm not that. Mm. But when you're a grown-ass woman, everything shifts and everything changes. Your perspective changes. Your friends change. Your your attitude on life change. Your you now I don't really see fear. Mm. Like I don't see it. And even last night, because you know the whole the remake of Jordan Peele movie, and I'm just like I'm literally scared in the fucking bed with the <laughs> lights off, and I'm like, this is my house. <laughs> Right. Like, right. I'll pay the rent in this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what am I afraid of? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like fear because when I was younger, I used to be really, really afraid. Mm. And you conquered. Exactly. I, I didn't leave. I didn't turn a motherfucking light on. We ended up acting to be high because I'm, no. It's a mind thing. Now, do you, let me ask you about that. Is that, is that like a destination where it's like, all right, I conquer fear, boom? Or is that an everyday battle? It's an everyday thing because so much come up against you, especially being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So you want to compare yourself to the greats. Yeah. And you're like, I'm not there. I even had this moment today. Like, I'm not there. Like, I just, I want to hurry up and book people and I want to be booked and busy. <laughs> okay. But you got to start somewhere, as you mentioned. So it, it's like, okay, well, I'm I'm afraid because what if I don't get anybody? I'm afraid if it's the what if, it's the what if, and it's just like, yo, you cool? Mm-hmm. You putting yourself out there? You you are taking the necessary steps. You're reading. You're applying yourself. You're gonna grow. Yeah, and that's okay. You ain't got nobody right now, but baby, guess what? About whatever time it takes you, whether it's two months, two weeks, two years, mm-hmm. you're going to be booked and busy. Like, for real booked and busy. Like, not just you're busy and you ain't getting paid. Like, <laughs> you're creating revenue. For sure. Okay? You uh, made a status. You, um, the quote was, despite life's detours. Yes. Know that you are destined for greatness. Yes, I think everyone is. But it's all about how you play the game. Mm. Ascent, like it, That's literally what it is. Everyone has something attached to them that someone else needs. And it doesn't matter. It could be a dope-ass conversation, this podcast. Thank you. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> it could be an amazing book. You're an author. Thank you again. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, it, you it flatter be... me. <laughs> <laughs> it could be 
It could be whatever. Sell, selling flowers, making mirrors, like selling blinds. Someone needs that. Mm. And it's all about how you play it, how you market, how you brand. Because essentially no one is going to do a podcast how you do it. Mm. No one is going to, no one else is going to have your audience. Type shit. You get what I'm saying? So it's just like, if you play this shit how it's supposed to be played, oh, baby, you went there like swimwear. You know what I'm saying? What's that? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So it's yeah, just yeah. like, it's all about how you play the game. Go ahead, give me a consult while we uh, <laughs> so, do the podcast. Yeah. I'm just saying, it is. It's a, Essentially, it is. Tell me about what inspires you. Huh. Honestly, I would say, and this is not trying to brag. I really don't got to give a fucking disclosure, but I inspire myself. Mm. Right? I, niggas weren't expecting that. I wasn't. I wasn't. I think you that was the first time I heard right? that. Go ahead. I, I inspire okay. myself because of where I started, where I'm going, and where I'm at now. Like, even in my weight loss journey, mm -hmm. like, that shit was so inspiring to look essentially where I, I was and where I'm at now and then where I'm eventually going. Absolutely. So it's like, yo, I legit could do anything I put my mind to it. That's a fact. Like, I, <clears throat> I can. That's a fact. That's a fact. So it's like, yo, Toy, you dope as hell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you're all of this. You're educated. You're an educated black woman. Hello. Living in America. Okay. Yeah. Snap, snap. Okay. <laughs> You're cultural as fuck. Mm. I'm opinionated. I have a voice. And I am full of love and life. Mm. So why is that not inspiring? I love that answer. You get what I'm saying? I love that answer. I so do. it's like, why not? Like, that's cool that we have like the Oprah's. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> if we have the Oprahs and we have the Karen Civils and the Miss Diddy LA and we have, you know, just anybody out there. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> but I'm sure you inspire you. Nice. And I think a lot of people should think that, like, I inspire me. Yeah. To be the best me. That shit is nice, ain't it? I need it, to. Ooh, that's a bar. <laughs> right, that's a bars. bar. <laughs> no, right. man, congrats on, on Thank the you. listen, dude. Man. And I don't think people realize, like, just <laughs> how, how the fitness journey, how that informs everything else. Yes. Man, when you lose that weight, when you make that change, man, you do feel like you can do anything. You do. You really, really do. But even in my fitness journey, I still felt something was wrong. Mm. Because I started losing weight May of 2018. I didn't, and then July of 2019, I'm real life sad. Mm. I'm crying. I don't know why something is wrong. I don't want to be around people. I want to be by myself. I'm having these crazy thoughts. Um, and then I'm acting out. Yeah. So it's just like, what's wrong with me? Mm. And not that oh my God, I'm trying to diagnose myself, but I know I'm off. Mm. I'm off course and I'm off and, and I'm unbalanced. Mm. So it was, again, it wasn't until I literally started going to therapy mm. 
where I was able to, to see me, to know me. And so that was a few months though. You said May. You ain't you, you ain't go to therapy till October, huh? I didn't go. Yeah. So July is when I started noticing. Like so, from July until October, I'm literally crying every day. I don't know why. I'm. I just want to be in my bed. Everything that I have to do, I'm no longer interested anymore. Like. I didn't even, and anybody who knows me knows I'm obsessed with my nieces and nephews. I did not want to be around them. I didn't. And I was like, something is wrong with me. I'm becoming very mean and I cannot explain it. I'm up and down. One day I like you, the next day, fuck you kind of thing. I'm like, something not right. Something is not right. And I need to put a name to it because if I put a name to it, something can be done. So I'm just like, okay. And I kept talking about therapy. I kept talking, like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. But there was, there was hesitation. Because it's like, am I really going to do, do I really want to find out what they're about to tell me? Mm. Okay, well, in my mind, this is me. In my mind, okay, well, I already know, I already know what I got. I already know what I'm diagnosed with. So I'm going to go anyway, just to make sure I know I know. That control freak. Exactly, right? Mm-hmm. So, I went. And I went in October. Um, and the second time we met, she diagnosed me and I burst into tears Mm. cause I'm just like, that ain't it. That's that. I don't, I don't have depression. What are you talking about? Like I'm black. Like I don't Mm. have depression. What is There you go. I'm a black woman and I got 50 million things to do. I don't have depression. Sorry, boo. No. And I literally talked like, I told the therapist, that's not it. Wow. <laughs> She's like, well, what is it? I can imagine you too. Yeah. I, 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 I can see it. I can see I'm it. I'm like, that's not it. <laughs> and so even then, um, she said, okay, I just, well, when you get home, you can tell me what you think it is, right? <laughs> and so when I went home, I'm just crying. I'm just like, oh my God, this woman just told me I have depression and it's not specified. And I'm just like, what? And so I ended up calling a mentor at the time and just telling her about it. And so I was like, I don't want to go back to her. I need someone else. And she was just like, well, I'll be honest with you. It has to be heaven sent. I was like, why do you say that? And she was saying because she has referred so many people to this therapist that they couldn't get in. And she was like, I also went to therapy for my marriage. She was like, and I'm telling you, it works. And so she broke down depression for me in a way that it has never been broken down before. So she was like, don't think of, think of it as this bad word that literally that you're stuck with forever. She was like, think of it like, think of it as the flu. You know, you have all of the symptoms of the flu. You don't feel good. You're sick. You're throwing up, nose running. You trying to go buy over the store medic, you know, over the <laughs> counter medication, but you need to go to the doctor. You need to really go find out what's all wrong with you Mm. because you could essentially have pneumonia and you thinking it's the flu. Right. But the moment you go to the doctor and again, please discern what I'm saying that again, all doctors aren't right. But when you're, I feel like when your spirit aligns up with it, you will know. Yeah. 
So, and she was just like, you know, the same way with depression. You got the symptoms, you crying, you don't want to be around nobody, you're not yourself, you lose losing interest. She was just like, it's the same thing like the flu. You go to the doctor, you get a diagnosis, a diagnosis, and then they treat you. Mm-hmm. Now, in this case, I didn't have to have medication, but I had to come up with coping skills and tools and really do the work. Yeah. So she was like, think of it like that. She was like, the thing is, once you once you know what you got, you take the medicine, you good. She's like, but best believe, next year come around, what you gonna get? The flu. But she was like, hmm. you know how you know, you know the symptoms now. So you know how to treat it. And I was like, oh my God. Like, that's so dope. So I'm gonna keep going to therapy. Yeah. And I'm so happy I went because I worked through a lot. Um, I'm very not express. If you don't know me, I really don't express myself around people. For sure. I had to really get a vibe. I'm talking about like for months. Okay. For me to just be like, okay, I can breathe around you now. (laughs) (laughs) But that was the same way with her. She was literally like, well, I don't know if therapy could help you because you won't even open up. Mm. And it was, I was so afraid again of showing the real me Mm. of bearing it all telling my truth, literally, from a child to an adult. And it's, I I don't know, again, I didn't go to therapy when I was younger, but I would think that it's kind of easier when you're a kid to talk about what's going on versus when you're an adult and you know right from wrong. Mm. So I'm just like, I got to tell her everything? Mm. Man, that's scary within itself. However, she created a safe haven for me to be able to express everything. So this black woman, again, I'm really not big on women, especially when it comes to my feelings and just expressing myself. Because again, when you've had mishaps and you try to tell someone, they go back and turn, twist all the shit around. Mm. You're like, uh, I don't even want to talk to you, sir. (laughs) <laughs> but she created a safe haven for me to be me. So, and growing up, I wasn't, I didn't feel seen or heard. But now I'm in this space, I'm I'm seen and I'm heard. Beautiful. And I'm understanding why she's understanding me. Mm. So I was like, man, therapy has really shaped me into a different woman. Like just my integrity as a woman, as a black woman. As a business owner, um, everything is, I, I'm so optimistic now. It's ridiculous. Like, I'd be like, why the fuck am I so optimistic now? Like, dude, <laughs> what's going on? But it has shaped me into a woman that I was predestined to be. I just had to tap into her. Mm. But I had to go through the fucking process to get to her. Because she's always been here. I just had to go through a process, and the process hurts. It's not fun. Wow. That was so beautiful. But I'm her, y'all. Hey. <laughs> wow, man. Wow. Um, my final question. Okay. This is one corner at a time. Yes. I ask people to uh, identify, quote, unquote, their corner, and how they are going to... Uh, impact, how they are going to 
inspire, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whatever that that corner may be. So this question is, you know, your mission that is bigger than you. Right. It's your purpose. My purpose, and again, I would say the more that you grow, you are aligned with different purposes, if that makes sense, because you're a different person. Like, I'm not the person I was a year ago. So I'm the purpose that I thought I had is totally different to the purpose I have now. See, I think... And I feel sometimes as well that my purpose is to be authentically me, to allow others who identify with me to give them and also for them to see someone who they can identify with. So whether that's in the form of me being a self-care advocate, like, listen, girl, go read a book. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, girl, Okay, learn how to exfoliate. You know what I mean? Listen, girl, create boundaries because it'll save your life. So that, my purpose is still evolving, if that makes sense, because I'm still evolving as a woman. Mm -hmm. So I can only tell you what my brand is. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So... That's what it is. My brand is where I am able to take your crazy idea and turn it into something for you to make you money. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So that's essentially what it is. Like, I always used to get so nervous when people ask me about my purpose. Like, what's your purpose? Because everyone knows it's just like, yeah, I don't know right now. Because I'm still evolving to be to become that, to walk into that. Now, I do believe I'm on the right path. You get what I'm saying? Um, I'm on the right path, but let, who's to say that my purpose or it won't alter? Like, shit, I could be feeding the homeless, you know what I'm saying? Or building homes for 50,000 people. That's a purpose. Right now, I can't imagine doing that because that's just not... Where I'm at right now. Would you, do you think that maybe the purpose, the purpose is broad and along the way there are different objectives? I think that, I think that, um, I think goals change. Mm. I definitely think goals change, but the vision is always the same. Mm. So like, I can have a goal of, I need to book five clients a month. That's a goal. But what if I book 15? You get what I'm saying? The vision is still me turning your idea into a brand. That's still my vision. Mm. I'm clear on that. But the goals change. And it's okay for your goals to change because you're growing. You shouldn't have the same goals you started when you initially started your business. There's no growth. And anything growing is dead. (laughs) <laughs> so it's like, you know what I'm saying? So I, I literally think that the vision stays the same. And also your vision can alter. It can become, um, you can condense it, right? Yeah. Or you can expand it. Mm-hmm. But it's still the same principles. 
Absolutely. So it's like your goals are going to change because you're either going to exceed you're in and again it goes with rebranding mm -hmm. because when you have a company or a business like you it's okay to rebrand your goals your objectives can change it's yeah. it doesn't mean you're a failure it just means like listen you know some shit ain't working for you and you need to tighten up on it you need to change it you need to alter it you don't got to get rid of all your goals but something has to change so it can be balanced because you're all balanced mm -hmm. and that's just not in business that's just in life I like that. I like that. Thank you. Are you still uh, to quote one of your statuses? <laughs> okay. I think this is a good. good <laughs> it's a good quote to end it. I love it. You said, uh, "Well, you do it for the kingdom and the culture." Yes. Yes. Still I was, it's still it's still true to this day, and I would say that because I have evolved, mm -hmm. so God is more than God to me. You know what I'm, he's, he's, he's my house. Mm. He's my peace. He is me. You know, for one, he created me in the image of him. So off bat, like we the same. <laughs> we don't have the same parts, but you know what I mean? Like I was created literally in love for love. Mm. Because even the Bible talks about for God so loved the world he gave he gave his only begotten son. Mm. So that means he loved me. He loved me before my mom and my dad, you know, did what they did. <laughs> he loved me while I was in my dad's little sack. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> so I was, regardless of being born in a sin, you know, a sinful world, I was still created in love for love. Wow. So it's like, yes, I'm going to do this for the kingdom and I'm doing it for the culture. Mm. So we like the same. So like um, my, rela my relationship with, if you want to say universe, if you want to say God, your savior, Jehovah Jireh, cool. Mm. Um. It's it's sacred. It is. It's purposeful, right? Because it, it's serving its purpose. It is loving. Um, it's honesty. Wow. It is. It's deliverance. It's so many entities and things that, but it it's all one. It's all wrapped up in one big. I love you toy, like no matter what <laughs> package. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's that. It's it's healing. It's understanding Absolutely. a lot. It, it's hard times, it's great times, right? So doing it for the kingdom is is just something. I don't even know where I got that from, honestly. Yeah. I, I have no idea where yeah. I got that from. It's a bar. It is a bar. a bar. Apparently, I should be rapping out here. Somebody needs to sign me, okay? <laughs> man. Someone needs to sign me. Hey, Toe, man. Um, Latoya. I'm going to call you Toe. It's Latoya, guys, okay? You guys can follow me yeah, on where, social where media. Yes, yeah. 
on Facebook, it is Latoya Pierce. And then on Instagram, it is Latoya underscore Latoya Pierce. Um, and you can DM me um, any questions that you guys have regarding your ideas and wanting to turn them into brands um, to create you some money. Everybody need a little money. <laughs> um and if you are interested in event coordinating, if you don't want to do absolutely none of it, you can also DM me as well. Toy. Yes. <laughs> Known to me as Toy. Okay. I marvel at your growth, man. This thank conversation you. was definitely um, an inspiration, man. Toy Pierce, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Hopefully he'll have you back, y'all. Okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs>